Section 8 of Letters of Jonathan Oldstyle, Gentlemen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Letters of Jonathan Oldstyle, Gentlemen, by Washington Irving. Letter 8. Sir, I was calmly enjoying my toast and coffee some mornings ago with my sister Dorothy and Jack Stylish, when we were surprised by the abrupt entrance of my friend Mr. Andrew Quaz. By the particular expression of his knowing fizz, as Cousin Jack calls it, I immediately perceived he was laboring with some important intelligence. In one hand he held the morning chronicle, and with the forefinger of the other pointed to a particular paragraph. I hastily put on my spectacles and seized the paper with eager curiosity. Judge my surprise, Mr. Editor, on reading an act of our legislature pronouncing any citizen of this state who shall send, bear, or accept a challenge, either verbal or written, disqualified from holding any office of honor or confidence, or of voting at any election within this state, etc., etc. The paper fell from my hands. I turned my eyes to friend Andrew in mute astonishment. Quaz put his finger on his nose and, winking significantly, cried, "'What do you think of this, my friend Jonathan?' "'Here is a catastrophe!' exclaimed I in a melancholy tone. "'Here is a damper for the meddlesome youths of the age. Spirit of chivalry, whither hast thou flown? Shade of Don Quixote, dost thou not look down with contempt on the degeneracy of the times?' My sister Dorothy caught a sympathetic spark of enthusiasm. Deep read in all the volumes of ancient romance, and delighted with the glowing description of the heroic age, she had learned to admire the gallantry of former days, and mourned to see the last spark of chivalric fire thus rudely extinguished. "'Alas, my brother,' said she, "'to what a deplorable state are our young men reduced!' How piteous must be their situation, with sensibilities so easily injured, and bosoms so tremblingly alive to the calls of honor and etiquette. Indeed, my dear Dorothy, said I, I feel most deeply for their melancholy situation. Deprived in these dull, monotonous, peaceable times of all opportunities of evincing in the hearty contest of the tented field that heroic flame that burns within their breasts. They were happy to vent the lofty fumings of their souls in the more domestic and less dangerous encounters of the duel. Like the warrior in the fable, who, deprived of the pleasure of slaughtering armies, contented himself with cutting down cabbages. Here a solemn pause ensued. I called to mind all the tales I had heard or read of ancient knights, their amours, their quarrels, and their combats how on a fair summer's morning the knight of the golden goose met the knight of the fiery fiddle how the knight of the fiery fiddle exclaimed in lofty tones whoever denies that doña fidelosa is the most peerless beauty in the universe must brave the strength of this arm how they both engaged with dreadful fury and after fighting till sunset the knight of the fiery fiddle fell a martyr to his constancy murmuring in melodious accents with his latest breath the beloved name of fidelosa from these ancient engagements i descended to others more modern in their dates 
but equally important in their origins i recalled the genuine politeness and polished ceremony with which duels were conducted in my youthful days when that gentlemanly weapon the small sword was in highest vogue a challenge was worded with the most particular complacence and one that i have still in my possession ends with the words your friend and affectionate servant nicholas stubbs when the parties met on the field the same decorum was observed they pulled off their hats wished one another a good day and helped to draw off each other's coats and boots with a most respectful civility their fighting too was so handsomely conducted no awkward movements no eager and angry pushes all cool elegant and graceful every thrust had its sasa and a ha-ha lunged you gently through the body then nothing could equal the tenderness and attention with which a wounded antagonist was treated his adversary after wiping his sword deliberately kindly supported him in his arms examined his pulse and inquired with a most affectionate solicitude how he felt himself now thus everything was conducted in a well-bred gentlemanly manner our present customs i cannot say i much admire a twelve-inch barrel pistol and ounce ball are blunt unceremonious affairs and prevent that display of grace and elegance allowed by the small sword besides there is something so awkward in having the muzzle of a pistol staring one full in the face that i should think it might be apt to make some of our youthful heroes feel rather disagreeable unless as i am told has been sometimes the case the duel was fought by twilight the ceremony of loading priming cocking etc has not the most soothing effects on a person's feelings and i am told that some of our warriors have been known to tremble and make wry faces during these preparations though this has been attributed and doubtless with much justice to the violence of their wrath and fierceness of their courage i had thus been musing for some time when i broke silence at last by hinting to friend quaz some of my objections to the mode of fighting with pistols truly my friend old style said quaz i am surprised at your ignorance of modern customs trust me i know of no amusement that is generally speaking more harmless to be sure there may now and then a couple of determined fellows take the field who resolve to do the thing in good earnest but in general our fashionable duelists are content with only one discharge and then either they are poor shots or their triggers pull hard or they shut the wrong eye or some other cause intervenes so that it is ten at twenty chances to one in their favor here i beg leave to differ from friend andrew i am well convinced said i of the valor of young men and that they determine when they march forth to the field either to conquer or die but it generally happens that their seconds are of a more peaceable mind and interpose after the first shot but i am informed that they come often very near being killed having bullet holes through their hats and coats which like falstaff's hacked sword are strong proofs of the serious nature of their encounters my sister dorothy who is of a humane and benevolent disposition would no doubt detest the idea of duels did she not regard them as the last gleams of those days of chivalry to which she looks back with a degree of romantic enthusiasm 
she now considered them as having received their death-blow for how can even the challenges be conveyed said she when the very messengers are considered as principals in the offence nothing more easy said friend quaz a man gives me the lie very well i tread on his toes in token of challenge he pulls my nose by way of acceptance thus you see the challenge is safely conveyed without a third party we then settle the mode in which satisfaction is to be given as for instance we draw lots which of us must be slain to satisfy the demands of honour mr a or mr b my antagonist is to fall well madam he stands below in the street i run up to the garret window and drop a brick upon his head if he survives well and good if he falls why nobody is to blame it was purely accidental thus the affair is settled according to the common saying to our mutual satisfaction jack stylish observed that as to mr quaz's project of dropping bricks on people's heads he considered it a vulgar substitute for his part he thought it would be well for the legislature to amend their law respecting duels and license them under proper restrictions that no persons should be allowed to fight without taking out a regular license from what might be called the blood and thunder office that they should be obliged to give two or three weeks notice of the intended combat in the newspapers that the contending parties should fight till one of them fell and that the public should be admitted to the show this he observed would in some degree be reviving the spectacles of antiquity when the populace were regaled with the combats of gladiators we have at present no games resembling those of the ancients except now and then a bull or bear bait and this would be a valuable addition to the list of our refined amusements i listened to their discourse in silence yet i cannot but think mr editor that this plan is entitled to some attention our young men fight ninety-nine times out of a hundred through fear of being branded with the epithet of coward and since they fight to please the world the world being thus interested in their encounters should be permitted to attend and judge in person of their conduct as i think the subject of importance i take the liberty of requesting a corner in the morning chronicle to submit it to the consideration of the public jonathan oldstyle end of letter eight Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. End of Letters of Jonathan Oldstyle, Gentleman, by Washington Irving.